everyone, welcome back. This is a new episode of Bitch Breathe and I am your host, Ricardia. So here we are here in Berlin, Germany and in many, many places, London, New York, and it's a time of reopening, right? The sun is out in this time, in this part of the of the world. We're out and about. There's no testing going on for museums and now even in restaurants in Berlin coming soon anyway. And life seems to sort of be returning to a degree of normal. I think we could just have a whole episode on what normal will even mean post pandemic. But um, I think it's too early to have that kind of hindsight just yet. So The thing is, we're thinking we are ecstatic, we can't believe it's happening, maybe we've recovered from the disease, or maybe we've been vaccinated, if that is something that we decided to do. But in any case, it's this feeling of, I'm coming out, right? <laughs> At least that's what we're, what we're thinking mostly, right? I think there's usually a, a whole air of enthusiasm and maybe even that whole idea of a second lease on life kind of feel. But... Today, I want to talk about what I'm calling, and maybe it's already been phrased or, or coined this phrase, post-lockdown anxiety. So there is this idea of a cave syndrome, right? That one has sort of been inside and contained in a smaller area for a long time so that when you come out, it's actually quite anxiety-ridden to do so. There's a lot of impulse, there's a lot of stimuli going on, and it's not necessarily easy to come out from this confinement. And today I want to talk about not so much the cave syndrome, although I'm sure that we're experiencing that to some degree, but I want to talk about what it feels like to slowly set our eyes on the, I'm putting this in quotes because we don't know where we're going still, the end of a pandemic, or at least to come to a point where we feel we've got some degree of control over it. And I've been talking to a few people about this. And then coincidentally, I had already begun thinking about the topic. And I then received my newsletter from The New Yorker. And they have a whole article on it, which I haven't fully read yet, but they called it reopening anxiety. And here was a little bit about sort of social gatherings and how we can be nervous around that. So in general, I want to go into that topic too a little bit, but we're going to talk about all the effects or the anxieties we might have after lockdown and how to maybe tackle those one by one. So one of the many things I have been looking into in terms of how do I handle, how do I view the pandemic now, one and a half years later, and with it being summer and my being able to go out. And one of the things I thought of was, hey, so what do I have to show for one and a half years of a pandemic? I mean, did I learn a new language? How many workshops were there? Were they in any form even sustainable or did any of that knowledge last? Like, how have I progressed and propelled myself forward? How have I utilized this sort of, I want to call it in a way, incubation period? And immediately I started feeling this pressure, this pressure to have something to show for it, that I didn't waste my time, that I was positive about, yes, there's a pandemic. Yes, there's all this bad news. And no, I didn't let it get me down. And the truth is, I don't know about you, but I did let it get me down for whole bouts of time in that period. And I have another episode, if you want to go back, it's called Pandemic Magic, where I do talk about how 
I was able to also very positively solve this time. But that is not the truth for the entire one and a half years. That is a partial truth, a partial accomplishment, if we want to call it that. So if you also have this feeling of, wow, it was one and a half years, who am I now? How far have I come? Then I want to, I guess, invite all of us to just know that we've never been through anything like this in living memory. And the only thing that people sometimes very carefully compared it to was a war situation, which I think is really mediocre comparison at best. But what do I know? Because exactly, I haven't been through a war, thank God. And I've only got this sort of exceptional situation to look at. And the truth is, it was very complex. It still is. We still don't know what it means for our mental health, for the economy, for our personal lives and relationships going forward, maybe. So to just sort of cut ourselves some slack and be like, you know what, there is no right way of handling the pandemic. There is no results driven agenda, how best you solve this whole thing. The only thing we can look at is This is now. Things are reopening. The pandemic is a little bit better under control for now. Let's just try to at least embrace some of what that means without the taking stock of what has happened. Because truth be told, like I was saying earlier, it's too early for hindsight. And it's certainly never a good time to evaluate ourselves so strictly about having accomplished a certain thing in a certain amount of time, and that time being an extremely exceptional, unprecedented crisis in our lifetimes. And the next thing I was thinking about was, of course, work. A lot of us might be returning to actual work spaces and thereby returning to our colleagues, projects, bosses, challenges that we faced before the pandemic. Maybe some of that got a little ameliorated by the fact that we didn't have to run into these people every day. We have only been seeing them on Zoom maybe for a year now or for whole periods of time during this episode. But now we're returning. We're going back. And maybe there's that coworker who really, really rubs us the wrong way. Maybe you're even in a situation that I actually was in rather recently where It was absolutely contentious, the relationship, and you don't know how to really resolve it, but there you are, both of you or several of you who just don't get along. What do we do when we know we have to go back to that, when Zoom actually provided a very welcome, literal distance from these challenging people around us? And I thought about that long and hard. Maybe we need to take a step back when we look at this. And maybe here's where the pandemic is really helpful, because I know for me, it's certainly thrown into greater relief how I want to spend my time and whom I want to spend it with. So if you feel that the relationships, the work relationships, the projects, the workload at work were already so hard before the pandemic, and actually the Zoom, the distance, was the only reason why you might have even held on to that job all this time, maybe it's time to look again. If the conflicts at work cannot be resolved or you don't see the way forward, and you've gotten a lot of guidance. I know I got so, so much in my particular situation, but eventually I had to let it go because I just knew it wasn't going to work in my favor. It hadn't in the previous time, and I had tried everything in my 
view at least. So maybe look for something new. There's so many new jobs opening up. And I don't just mean those people who test us at the test centers, but there's so much rethinking going around in work. And again, referring back to my episode, Pandemic Magic, you'll really hopefully find some hints about how we have indeed reshuffled the deck in terms of work. We don't have to be at the same place every day. And there's so many more people now thinking outside the box where what you've studied is not necessarily what you have to do now. And so what you did before the pandemic isn't necessarily what you have to do or the kind of work you have to do now. So maybe daring, because this is an unusual time to look for a new place. And maybe if we're lucky, that horrible, challenging person at work just faded away or had the same idea and fades away before you. Yeah, you get to keep your job if you loved it. Another thing connected to work that I thought about was maybe you traveled a lot for work before. And even though I don't think we'll be doing the excessive work travel that we did before the pandemic, because we've realized there's really absolutely no reason for a domestic flight there and back if there is Zoom you might still be required to travel a lot. And actually, maybe you enjoyed being with your family or your spouse or whoever much more during the pandemic. Piggybacking on what I said before, is it really necessary to return to that volume of travel? Is there a way to reshape the kind of work that you do so that it doesn't all have to require this travel thing. Maybe the company you work for has a more local branch, a branch that isn't quite as far for you. So you don't have to like fly out to Bangkok every time. So just again, reevaluating, questioning if what we had to do before, because apparently it was super necessary, really still holds true post pandemic. And then in conversations with friends, I've noticed that there's a lot of anxiety around this whole reopening and re-socializing ourselves is just too early. What if the contagion, and we know it's still out there, what if it's just still too critical? What if I don't want to go out because I'm afraid I'm going to get, I'm going to contract the disease? And what if I've even developed a slight paranoia and or hypochondriacal behaviors around the disease itself? This could be a super anxious time now because now everybody's like, come on, you're vaccinated or you're recovered or, you know, there's ways to do this outside, but you're still super uncomfortable. And at the same time, there's all this collective energy that's moving outward, that's externalizing once more. So what do you do? And I think one of the many ways we can look at this is by examining how deep our fear is and is there a way to maybe find a little less fearful and a little more rational approach. Now, how do we know where that is, right? Because with ourselves, we sometimes don't know, is this a rational fear I'm having or am I now officially crossing over into obsessive compulsive or, or paranoid? And Here's where your friends come in. Just try to see what they say. Do they think that you're being super, super nervous? If they're, of course, more on the adventurous side, maybe ask the slightly more conservative ones or get a view from either side so you can find yourself somewhere in between on that spectrum. But to really look at your fears, are they justified? And I know that's a hard question. What does that even mean? Fear doesn't need justification. It'll just show up and scare the shit out of us, right? But to sort of get a gauge from your environment, if you have a therapist, maybe see if you can talk to them about this. 
but really finding a degree of, I'm going to call it fearlessness, that works for you in this reopening, in this post-lockdown era, so that you do find yourself able to participate in social life, to slowly ease back into being with your fellow humans. Then there's, of course, this question of, should I get vaccinated now that everything is open and you want to participate in life, but you just feel very ambiguous about vaccination? I'm not even going to get into that topic because I feel like that's just one of those many, many pandemic conundrums that we currently face where it's like there's all this protest against vaccination. At the same time, we want to be responsible for our fellow humans. What do we do? So I'm not going to get into that. But the pressure to get a vaccination now that everything is reopening and we want to participate is on if we haven't recovered or if we're not in a you know tribe, a huge tribe of people who also don't believe in it, then maybe we feel supported by them. But technically, it's um, a bit more pressure now to at least consider the question. And so here's where I actually can't really say anything about it other than that it's a day-to-day thing, right? We have to look at all the parameters to really understand that this is a very difficult question and to take our time to see if we want to do this or not and to not at least have this reopening energy that is now here put us under this enormous pressure that we feel like, oh my God, I have to make a decision now or I have to isolate in case I decide I can't do it. And just slowly, slowly getting advice, getting professional insights, and then at least having this idea that you can make an informed decision versus feeling like, oh my God, I have to make a decision now one way or the other. Please be sure that I'm not advising either behavior because I think that choice is so super personal that nobody can really unless they're professionals, which I'm not, I'm just this podcaster over here (laughs) sharing my world with you. So just to sort of understand that it is a tough choice to make and to find some calmness around it by getting information and by knowing what's true for us. Another thing I noticed, this one is more more personal. I was speaking to my wonderful Italian friend the other day, and we were talking about the fact that both of our relationships, her new romantic partner and my new romantic partner, they both began when the pandemic or the lockdown had already been in full force. So we are technically, I think they call them corona relationships. I don't know. But that really is a defining moment in some ways, right? You got together with this person during the pandemic. You might have even been locked up together for some time, depending on whether you were in quarantine together. Maybe you both did your home officing or remote work together. You spent a lot of time with each other. I've been hearing that some people say one year in Corona is like seven years in a normal relationship or some fun calculation of the kind. So What if your relationship found its origins in this time and now everything's reopening? And the thought my friend was having, and I have to admit I had it too, was, huh, that means a whole lot of choices are beginning to happen. A lot more stimulus is going to be there. There will be more travel. Will this person, this partner that I've chosen, or and or will I continue to choose to be with this person? 
Because now our lives are about to get changed around a whole lot more, and we're not just two together like we were for most of the relationship so far. Like my relationship's a very new one, as you will have deducted. It's only a year, and I'm very happy in it. And at the same time, I know this game is getting shifted around now. And my Italian friend was also feeling a little bit anxious about it because she thought, hmm, now we have all these abilities, we can travel, we can meet each other's friends and family and stuff. And, you know, shouldn't that be happening now? And there's all this anxiety around how the relationship was defined thus far, and how it will develop going forward. And here, I won't be able to deliver something that's like, you know, revolutionarily new. But to really step into the trust now, this has not been a time that has been easy to trust, whether it's the news, the news feeds, the sources of information, ourselves, our work situation. It's been a time of incredible anxiety and questioning, quite frankly. So if there's anything I have learned is that so, so little of what I thought could be controlled actually is controllable. And if there's any area of life that I can truly say, <laughs> it's even more than that would have to be romantic relationships. So to just trust that if the reopening of our social lives means that there's competition or, you know, from other people or more stimulus, and even we want to get out of the relationship because it turns out, you know what, this really actually doesn't work outside the context of Corona for whatever reason. You might have been very comforting to each other during this time. Maybe this person had a lot to offer in terms of education or curiosity. And now you're realizing actually there's a whole bunch of other people who bring that to the table, right? Or you bring that to the table in a way that they don't. Whatever it is to know that, hey, lucky us, we had a companion during this time. We had somebody who kept us company whom we really, really enjoyed being with. Isn't that fantastic? And can that maybe be enough just in case the reopening, the whole travel, work travel, leisure travel and stuff actually happens and it does mean the end of the relationship? Is there a way that we can let go of the idea that this was supposed to be longer. This was more romantic during COVID. This was more intimate during COVID. This was more real during that time. And I know that's not easy. And trust me, it's not like I didn't have this idea of, oh, wow, are we still going to like each other after? Who knows? Who knows? But as a very good friend of mine once said, does it really have to be about Mr. Right or Mrs. Right now? Can it not be that it's always just Mrs. or Mr. Right Now? And Mr. Right Now or Mrs. Right Now is right now after the pandemic. And then we'll see. So really embracing the idea that we were very lucky to have this person on our side and that maybe a new person or our own company will absolutely not just suffice, but be a wonderful new experience post-pandemic. And then there's two more things I want to talk about. What if you have a whole lot less money now after the pandemic, but there's a whole lot more occasions to spend it? It didn't matter so much. Maybe you did a lot of cooking at home. You discovered the homemaker in you who loves to make smoothies and post them on Instagram and all that stuff. And now, however, the theaters are open again, the bars are open again, but your job situation might not be the same that it was pre-pandemic. So what do we do about that? And again, I'll refer back to my work-related points that I made here today. 
This is a time of incredible opportunity. Alone in Berlin now, I've been seeing so many people work in spaces and in a context that they didn't imagine would have been possible before the pandemic. So before you think, oh my God, I'm not going to make any money, I'm just going to stay unemployed forever, or whatever it is, think again, because I don't think that's the entire truth. Yes, there are entire branches how do you say, arenas of work that have completely collapsed during this time. If you were an actor during this time, this must have been incredibly hard or a concert musician, whatever it is. That's going to be hard because that's a very specific calling. And I understand that or I can't pretend to understand the scope of it, the whole scope, but it is a challenge. But I've seen so many inventive ways of how people have used their talent, not just during the pandemic, but how they plan to do it going forward. They've put together new collaborations. There's been so much cross-fertilization between different disciplines that I think if we just allow ourselves to be permeable for new ideas of using our talent, using our skills, our education, that there's a way to put those to work that we might not have thought of yet. And there's a lot going on in this city, certainly, and in the world. So just to sort of stay open to what is possible, how you could be making money as opposed to no money and it's all scarcity. And the last point I want to make is, I can't stand this word, but I'm going to use it because everybody knows right away what it is, the whole idea of FOMO, the fear of missing out. Now, this one I used to think must be like a juvenile problem. Like my son, he's in his 20s. Of course, he would have FOMO. He's just recently gone through a period of quarantine even because he actually had tested positive for the virus. And it was horrible. The sun was out. The people were out. And here's this kid, what could arguably be considered the best time of his life, although I I really will (laughs) contest that notion, and he's stuck inside. And I think the whole idea of FOMO is not just for young people. Even I experienced it too. There's all these opportunities now. I don't know where to go first. Should I travel? Should I look for new projects? What are people doing? Have I, again, used my time enough during the pandemic to be prepared for all that's going on? And there's all this energy of like, oh my God, I'm going to miss out. Now, there is a lot going on, and it's wonderful that we have these options in these parts of the world. I know damn well that's not true for many, many other parts, but here and now, there are options. But what the pandemic has taught me is prioritizing. Who do I want to be? How do I want to spend my time? And whom do I want to spend it with? And I think if we put that little filter over what we used to do before the pandemic, over what we could do during and what we are about to be able to do post-pandemic, we might come to discover that our priorities have shifted. That doesn't mean we're all deep thinkers now and learn so much and we're all these deep people. I don't even mean that, although I do feel it has happened to a certain degree. But I mean priorities. What do I really, really want to do? What was I starving for during the pandemic And so to not get distracted by all the things that are going on there, but to use that time now to re-examine what was I really missing during the pandemic and whom and whom and what can I get to today? What do I maybe want to do next week? Am I facing a little anxiety of another lockdown happening in case another wave comes? 
trying to take that out and just take it one day at a time. It's been one hell of a ride these one and a half years, and we still don't even know how that ride looks going forward. But we are able to look at today. And I know this is a hard ask. It's a hard ask for me. I get so impatient sometimes, incredibly during the pandemic, but to keep coming back to what do you really want to do? And for me, it was the podcast. I mean, this podcast still doesn't make me any money. <laughs> I hope by the time, you know, I've, I've done all that I want to do for it, it will. But it's really important to me. And so I kept going all these weeks and months that it's not exactly like a successful and super visible podcast, but it's important to me. And so maybe you also have your own equivalent or an actual podcast even that you want to do and to keep doing that, trying not to get distracted, even as things open up, or maybe just get a little distracted because it is fun. That is it from me. I hope you who is listening is in a part of the world that is able to really get back out there again and to see the people you love and that you've missed. And if you're not in that area, then from my heart to yours, I hope you get there very, very soon. Wishing you all the best and sending love. <laughs>